Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from Bicycling Australia. Well, we've got a real treat for you this edition. We're shortly going to be crossing to a rider who's currently riding a Grand Tour. That's Cam Wirth riding the Vuelta for Team Ineos in Spain. Now, Cam is super domestic and he's riding for Richard Carapaz, the team leader and also the current race leader. So this is going to be an extraordinary scoop to be speaking with someone who's in the middle of a Grand Tour, really turning himself inside out each and every day. He is full of energy. It's a really cool chat. Can't wait to share it with you. Pat Yonk is going to join us shortly as the co-host. He knows Grand Tours very well, being a five-time Tour de France veteran and Aussie cycling legend. This podcast is sponsored by Amp Human. Amp are the people behind PR Lotion, a pre-workout performance lotion that gives every athlete access to the benefits of bicarbonate soda. Our special guest, Cam Wirth, is an ambassador for Amp Human. So later in the podcast, he'll tell us a little bit about the benefits of bicarb and how it's helping him pre and post stage in the Grand Tour. Amp believe every human is limitless. Whether you train like a pro or are driven by passion to do what you love, you can go harder, recover quicker, and be your best with their bicarb soda-based PR lotion. This lotion unlocks the natural electrolyte bicarb to help make training gains faster. Train, compete, repeat, and our guest Cam Worth and Pat Yonker are perfect examples of this. Okay, let's cross to Pat and then shortly to Cam. Oh, look, I've been a massive fan of uh, Cam Worth, uh, the Tasmanian. Um, I, I believe um, probably one of the most underrated athletes uh, on the planet. Uh, a lot mm. of, a lot of, it's great to, to be able to do this podcast. Um, uh, Athens Olympics, uh, he's a world rowing champion. Um, not many people can say they're world rowing champion. Athens Olympics, fifth in the Hawaii Ironman in Kona, and uh, a world tour rider, Tour de France rider, and now competing in the Tour of Spain. Um, I'll put it on the table. He's the best endurance athlete on planet Earth. I'm obviously not just a cycling fan, also a sports fan. And uh, I first uh, got to know Cam Worth uh, back in the early 2000s. He represented Australia at the Olympics in uh, rowing and uh, became world rowing champion, made the transition uh, to professional cycling. And uh, that was at a time when I was about to retire. And uh, it was extraordinary to see um, a world champion, Olympian, and comes and uh, races uh, Grand Tour races um, at the World Tour cycling level. Um, makes the transition to Hawaii Ironman and finishes fifth in Kona. So, you know, I think for the listeners out there, it's extraordinary. Uh, in my own words, I, I believe Cam Worth is um, one of the greatest endurance athletes on the planet. And uh, if you um, don't agree with me, just please leave a comment below because I'm pretty sure all the sports scientists on, on this planet will agree that, yeah, Cam Worth, there's, there's only one of them. 
probably a lot of people would say we're lucky there's only one of me. I don't know if yeah. <laughs> <I'm> doing <laughs> sporting exploits, but um, yeah, no, it's been uh, yeah, it's been wild. And and to be honest, I I never really I don't really think back to what I've done. I don't really want to. Um, you know, I'm still going, and um, I've always got dreams and goals, and I've still got some left. And um, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to tick them all off. And uh, it's funny, I kind of, as you said, I you know went through the rowing, through the cycling to triathlon and now I'm sort of coming back the other way I haven't I, it's very unlikely I'll ever get back in a rowing boat but mm-hmm. with me I guess you could never say never so um, nice. <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's an, it's, you know pardon the pun it's just been an incredible ride and um yeah it's not so, over yet Cam it's pretty fascinating to me you're, you're currently riding your fourth grand tour um, and the fact that you, you were out of cycling for a number of years and, and last year you had, you know, probably not the most typical um, reintroduction to a World Tour team. Do you want to just tell us about what happened last year with, with um, Ineos or Team Sky at the time? Uh, well, as you go back a few years and further the story, I mean, the transition into triathlon was never planned. Um, I quit cycling. I wanted to work on Wall Street and um, I moved <laughs> to the US and you know, I fortunately still had a contract with Canada at the time. So, I mean, I could have kept racing, but I didn't want to. And also, for, they, they wanted to honour it. And they said to me, look, we understand you want to you want to stop uh, at the moment. But um, if you want to get a job in finance, it's much easier to get a job if you've got a job. And so, if you want to be going to, you know, employees, at least you can say that you will give you some role within Canada. It was a brand ambassador was the name they came up with. Um, and... Um, yeah, when I went and talked to different groups, you know, that was actually one thing. Or oh, what are you currently? And I explained, and they were often very much more interested in that about what I'd done in sport and what I was doing in activity-wise. And really? it was certainly an easy way to meet, um, you know, and get some respect and rapport from from people in that space. And you know, I had that for a couple of years, that job. And I, I so I took my time finding a job, um, and I finally found one in about the middle of 2016. And um yeah and I I decided to just do I'd done a couple of triathlons just for fun to keep fit during that time because it's pretty hard to just stop sport Mm -hmm. um especially at the level I'd been competing at and um I decided I wanted to do one you know I I became a huge fan of Jan Fredino who's the world record holder the current champion and Ironman and I I sort of knew what his split was to do the swim and the bike obviously knew I couldn't run but I thought I just want to see what that feels like and so I did a race at the end of 2016 and um I actually managed to do the swim and the bike quicker than he did I ran about an hour an hour slower but um it made me start thinking you know maybe I'm a sport's not sort of dead but you know not enough to really commit to it but then as fate would have it I went home for Christmas back to Australia before I'd um planned to go back to Europe and I mean back to the US and start working and um yeah I was just in Tassie (laughs) I was actually laying in bed and the phone rang and it was Tim Kerrison and I kept in touch with him over the years because he was coaching rowing when I was back rowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a WhatsApp call and I'd never even used WhatsApp. I had WhatsApp mm-hmm. on my phone but to, as messages, but I never used the phone part. And um, yeah, it was Tim Kerrison and he, he just rang and said, listen, um, you know, I've got Chris here training and uh, he, we just had one of the guys at Two and Under get, um, get sick. I think he got uh, tonsillitis or appendicitis or something, Dylan uh, Owen Dool, and he was in mm. hospital. So Ken, Kenny Ellison, who was there with Chris training, had to go to the race, and uh, Tim didn't want him training alone. And um, he'd bumped into Richie, who'd sort of said, I was home, and, and Caro just thought, I'll just give you a call. And, um, 
And that was that. I, I thought, wow, what an opportunity. I get to go and train with Chris Froome. This will definitely be the last thing I do in sport. You know, I mean, if I survive, it'll kill me. And mm. um... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Anyway, I ended up training pretty well and at the end of that camp, uh, you know, Tim suggested that I probably shouldn't should reconsider quitting sport, and told him about what I'd had the experiences I had in Ironman, and, and Tim was the one that said, "Well, you, I think you could be pretty good at that, and if you want to do it as a team, we're prepared to support you to do that." So the team's been supporting me since 2017, and wow. um, and over the years, um, you know, I've spent more and more time with the guys and different guys. You know, obviously Chris originally and. Uh, 2018, um, G and I spent a lot of time together. We, we did a big camp in LA in January and then again throughout the year leading up to the tour in Tenerife and obviously that worked out pretty well for him and, and that's mm-hmm. become an annual thing now, the, the LA camp we do in January and okay. for the last couple of years I've spent a lot of time with uh, Pavel Sivakov and, and Teo Gagenhart because they both live in Andorra and, and coached mm-hmm. by Tim so we, we train together you know all the time and, and that's been amazing You know to see their rise obviously Teo's Sure. Uh, it was even unexpected for all of us, but um, um, not from a talent perspective, just um, just the way he's just so calm and cool and collected and, you know, we'd never even talked about him leading a grand tour, let alone winning one. And wow. uh, um, and so that's been just fascinating and, and it sort of just evolved over the last couple of years to the point where, you know, Dave sat down with me at the end of last year when I was at the camp in Mallorca and, and just sort of said that, you know, if we ever have a spot on the team, um, would you be interested in racing again? And I said, well, yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know. I'd never really thought about it. It's been six years since I raced. But um, I get on really well with the guys and, and all of that and, and the staff. It would be nice to, to do some, be able to train with them and then, and then go and race as well. And, um, and then, sure enough, uh, come January, uh, uh, Vasil Kirianka decided to stop um, racing and retire and a spot came up and they immediately called me and said will you do it and I said that's why not and uh, a few days later I was on the plane to Australia I was actually in LA at the time mm. training with G um, and I was on the start line at Cadell's race a race that didn't even exist when I used to race <laughs> so wow. um, yeah it was I know sorry that was probably a bit of a long tail but that's <laughs> no, no, sort of how it went stuff. There's a, yeah. there's a movie script in there. I can just see it in a few years. It, it really is something I want to see on the big screen, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, all the time I spent in L.A. and even my own father was a bit, you know, adios, you know, if you're pissing your life away, you know, you're not going to do anything constructive there. You live in la-la land, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Dad, look, I really, you know, I love it here and I, I really think I can do something good here, you know. 
trust me. And um, he even went as far as one point to tell Richie he thought he failed as a parent. <laughs> Um, oh. with me, with me uh, tossing away my cycling career like I did and, you know, didn't know what I was doing and blah, blah, blah. And um, and anyway, obviously now he's, uh, you know, he's I, – I wouldn't say that he's like, um, you know, um, yeah, you were right, son, or anything like that, but he's obviously, he's obviously pretty happy with how it's turned out and um, has a little bit more respect when I've got an opinion now. <laughs> Uh, now I'm married to an American. We got a, we had a baby six months ago, so um, okay. little he's got his, he's got a grand he's got a grandson. So yeah, so it's all been a pretty uh, incredible journey the last few years, that's for wow. sure. So rather than mm. slotting back into the peloton, you're actually probably one of the, the toughest. I reckon it's up there with the toughest roles in this um, grand tour. Basically, mm. the super domestic for for a um, a race favourite. How how <laughs> I mean, we saw, we <laughs> yeah. all saw Ren, Rowan Dennis the other day. Um, yeah. That that performance of his up Stelvio was just like still trying to get over that. And and basically, yeah. you're doing a very similar role for him, but in Spain. Um, <laughs> just how how is it? How does it feel waking up thinking I'm going to be in the absolute pain cave for like an hour at a time or more today? What what goes through your mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously that was – I never really had dreams of winning bike races. I always used to admire the workers. You know, I admired the, you know, the George Hincapies, the the Bernie Isles, the, um, you know, the, the guys that, you know, you could tell were just doing everything for their team, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the team success and always dreamed of being a part of that sort of success. And um, I had, you know, at Liquid Gas, we had a great team and I spent, you know, did a lot of stuff with, with Peter Sagan and uh, Viviani, obviously Basso and – but it never really did I have that big moment in a big race. And mm. um, and obviously when I came here, it was – and when, the, you know, the, the idea to, to become – you realise how strong the depth is in the team. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, as I said, you just talked about Rowan, what he did. He literally turned a race on its head, mm. you know, on his own. I mean, Teo finished it off, but what Rowan did was just <laughs> one of the most incredible things we've ever seen in a Grand Tour. And um, – so, yeah, I never would have thought I would have even get a chance to ride a Grand Tour. Um, but I was told earlier in the year that, you know, the Vuelta was a real possibility. And I think also they'd like to see what I can do in one because potentially I could be useful, you know, mm. in, in that sort of racing because I, I tend to recover pretty well and, and back up. And so, um, yeah, a bit like back to Pat Zinder, I, I just – I mean, I can't believe I'm in this situation. I mean, it's it's honestly how I pictured it happening. You know, the first mm. week, the plan was to just make sure we didn't miss anything, hit all the marks, make sure we're in the right place at the right time, any crosswinds, all the ways on the right side of splits, you know, give Richard the chance to be there at the front. Mm. Um, he didn't lose time. And then finally yesterday, we got a bit of an opportunity to put some pressure on them and, um, you know, did that and bang, he's in red, you know, and here we are starting the second week. And <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to be on that start line and, um, I'm going to have to try and control stuff. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a blow away considering 12 months ago I was in Kona. Yeah. <laughs> um, doing something completely different. So, um, but you know, I, I try not to think too much about the moment I'm in because if I actually tried to think about it, I, I wouldn't believe myself. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I just got to pinch myself. It's just, it's just so amazing. I just feel so fortunate. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just, I mean, I've worked really hard the last few years, you know, being around the guys and at the camps and every day I really, you know, the, the dedication in this team from everyone, from Dave B all the way through the entire organisation. I mean, everyone just does everything possible to, to do their job the best that they possibly can. 
and I've tried to apply that to what I do, you know, in a different sport and, um, you know, and I, and I feel like now it, it's really paying off because every day you get up and you just know you got to go and do your job, you know, no mm. excuses. You just got to go and get it done. And, um, and uh, I love that. You know, I, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow and go and get stuck into them. Well, despite that. <laughs> yeah. Pat, yep. does this does this bringing it back for you, Pat? That that you know rest day evening at the at a grand tour and you know preparing for what's coming up. Yeah, I wonder Cam, how are you feeling um, after so many years of high performance sport? Uh, first rest day tomorrow, stage seven. Uh, is it getting any easier after all these years? How are you feeling? How are your legs? Yeah, I actually I had a call this morning and uh, someone asked me about what I learnt from the last time and. I don't actually, I wouldn't say my performance, as I said, I never really got that type of grand tour that I dreamed of. Um, so I can't really remember too much of that apart from suffering. But I do remember the little things, packing your suitcase, resting, eating properly, um, you know, doing all those little bits and pieces, you know, not committing to anything, you know, calling people or anything like that, like just having minimum, <laughs> minimum, uh, you know, obligations that you can possibly have. And here we are on the first rest day and I, I feel great, you know, I mean, I, we got up this morning and um, went for a little ride, and then I actually came back and put the shoes on and went and did 5k, and more wow. just to see wow. how my how my legs felt. And when you're really tired, it's pretty hard to get the legs going. Mm. But after a couple of k, my cadence was high. I was running a lot quicker than I wanted to, and I had to Jeez. make myself come back to the hotel. So um, yeah, I feel great. It's um, but yeah, I, I certainly feel like I, I learnt a lot more about everything to do away from the bike mm, yeah. <laughs> from, from my previous experiences, which I think in a grand tour are just as important as what you do on the bike. Well, it obviously feeds onto what you do on the bike. If you get it wrong off the bike, you're not going to get it right on the bike. I don't think. Mm. Um, fascinating stuff. Hey, Cam, are you thinking, what are you thinking next year? Or are, you, are you taking it a day at a time at the moment or would you like to race at this level next year? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, obviously, Kona is still the priority, and at the moment, there's no, there's no Ironman's happening <laughs> scheduled. So, you know, we talked about doing two at and under. We're not really sure about what's going to happen there. Um, I, I, I would imagine I'll end up racing, you know, sort of committing to the road for the first part of the year next year, and I would imagine by the time Hawaii comes around, which isn't until October, that, um, yeah, I'll be, you know, I'll be on the, I'll be focusing on the road, and then, and then get ready for Kona. The good thing about Ironman is it's a it's a sport that really rewards rewards a lot of work. You don't need to race a lot. It's not like you get race sharp doing mm. an Ironman. I mean, an Ironman takes takes years off your life. It doesn't um it doesn't prepare you. So if I don't race until Kona, which would be basically two years since I've done an Ironman, I mean, I think that would be perfectly pretty much normal. Um, wow. I'd be fine with that. So um. Yeah, at the moment, um, we're certainly preparing as if next year I'll just go back into racing on the road, simply because there's just so much uncertainty with um, with triathlon. And yeah, and the sure. team seem to be able to utilise me at the moment, so um, it works out pretty well. Yeah. Um, and, and then obviously the deal you've got with, with Ineos, they, you know, they're, they're respectful of those Ironman or other commitments. Um, yeah, I mean, so you... that's the priority. I mean, that was that was always the, the thing. I mean... What Dave and I discussed was that I'd be on standby. You know, I mean, if they needed someone, they could call me, and uh, and that was because I'm always training with the guys anyway. I'm always in pretty good shape, and so you know, obviously this year with what happened, it probably meant I was called upon a lot more and at a lot higher level racing because of all the overlaps and and then not only the overlaps, but in the end, you know, you have a lot of riders getting sick and injured or or more so injured because of the intensity of the racing, because it is so 
packed together. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I've been quite busy. I mean, next year, maybe they won't even need me. I'm sure come <laughs> the start of the year, you know, yeah. everyone will be fresh again and everyone will be keen to race. But yeah. as always seems to happen now, I mean, and Pat would really probably appreciate this, you know, years ago they had bigger teams, you know, when, when the racing level was extremely high because um, riders would just get burnt out. And, and at the moment we're seeing another, that, that same thing in the peloton. The level is, you know, from the top level, it's all pretty similar. You know, you look at someone like a Richie Port, you know, he's, he's been around for a long time. Obviously, he might have gone a little bit better this year than previously, but he's always really good. So mm. the top level hasn't really changed a lot. But where there's a huge difference is from rider number four to, to 140. You know, that oh, wow. is so much tighter. And there mm. is just so many more people that are training properly, eating properly, you know, technology with equipment, teams, you know, how well they're structured, how well the riders are supported. Mm. And that just makes the intensity in the bunch just <laughs> so much more. And, um, and you're getting a big attrition rate. Um, and so that means that the teams are burning through the maximum number of riders, which is 30. You know, they're, mm. they're struggling to fill rosters for races. So um, we're seeing teams go, you know, they were trying to make teams smaller. They're actually having to go the other way now because teams are just running out of guys. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. Pretty interesting yeah. how it's evolving, isn't it? And, I mean, younger trend for younger Grand Tour winners, we're just constantly yeah. seeing that now. And yeah, I they guess, could scrap the young riders jersey, really. Pat, I know, Pat, you've got some thoughts on this, these changes we're seeing with, you know, those younger riders, but then some yep. sort of slightly older riders doing all of that super domestic work as well. Yeah, it's a complete turnaround from 20 years ago. I mean, uh, never in the history of the sport have we seen a Tour de France rider so young. Um, we're going back to 1900 and 1908. And to have riders in their early 20s win Grand Tours is extraordinary. Mm. And then we have... Um, riders in their late 30s and some even in their early 40s uh, riding as a domestic. I, mean, I think that's fantastic to see. And I think it's a good thing for the sport. You know, young riders out there uh, dominating the sport. It's, it's good. It's, it's motivating. I think the sport's definitely, um, you know, in a different, it's completely different than when I was racing in the 90s. And I think that's a good thing. And, mm. um, you know, the Tour of Spain, which is on now, the Vuelta, it's very exciting, um, very hard course. Uh, Cam, what do you think of tomorrow's stage? Because tomorrow is actually a very famous climb that you're going to be riding over, the Puerto de Orduna in the Basque Country. Um, how are you guys going to um, look? What's the weather as well looking like for tomorrow's stage? Yeah, we're really we're really lucky with the weather so far, you know, really. I mean, we had that terrible day yesterday, but... You know, one day out of six at this time of the year in the Basque Country, mm, you would have mm. taken that. Oh. You would have taken that any day of the week. That's <laughs> so, amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, any time of the year. So uh, we were really fortunate this week. The, the today the weather was perfect. It's you know 15 degrees and, and sunny, few clouds about, but then it's meant to be like that all week. It's actually meant to warm up a little bit. So uh, in theory, we should be we pretty right. I I actually have never raced uh, the Basque Country, the Tour of the Basque Country. So I've I haven't hadn't raced on these roads until until this week. Um, mm. I, I mean, I was aware of this climb being quite a famous one. Yeah. Uh, we're certainly we're certainly ready and, and on our toes. I mean, as you say, this is a such an exciting course. I mean, any day of this race can stuff can happen. And I think mm. that's um I think that's what like the ASO is doing really well with the Tour de France this year. You know, you saw obviously also thanks to Peter and and Sam Bennett's battle, you saw action every day. I mean. 
you know, even back five years ago, you could basically probably sleep through half the Tour de France and you didn't really feel like mm. you missed too much. But now <laughs> you don't want yep. to miss a single yep. stage. And, and the Vuelta is definitely that. And um, this week particularly, I mean, you got two, I guess, sort of days in the middle that are a bit flatter, but you could have wind and all sorts of other things there. Um, and, yeah, just some uh, brutal climbs. But, yeah, we're we're ready for a battle tomorrow. I mean, everyone's still pretty fresh. You know, it's only been a six-day first yeah. week, so that's certainly different. You know, we've had a rest day today, and um, you've got that, that real hard climb early on in the race, and, and that can obviously could be decisive. So um, you need to be on your toes to make sure the right breakaway gets away or um, – yeah, or, or, or keep it in check. Um, obviously, if, if it hasn't gone by the time we get to that climb, which is mm. very possible, uh, the other day we took 100 kilometres before the breakaway went. Jeez, and um, if we get to that climb before the break's gone, you're going to really have to grit our teeth and um, and uh, it could really explode. So, um, yeah, just uh, really can't wait to just get into it and see what happens. It's, um, it's going to be a tough one, that's for sure. Yeah, fascinating insight. Cam, I just want to quickly ask you about Amp Human. They've actually made this podcast possible because they support Bicycling yeah. Australia, and I believe you are an ambassador of Amp Human as well. Yeah. So can you just tell us just this um, how, how important that is for recovery or how Amp Human's been helping, what it is, and just how it's helping recovery with you over there? Yeah, so it's basically a, a bike up uh, cream, um, and they've got a patent to – for a uh, for a, a product that goes you know through the skin directly into the muscle. So you know I've I've had so much experience with bicarb. I started with rowing. You know, <laughs> used to steal steal your mum's bicarb out of the kitchen cupboard and mix it with something that was made it palatable. And you'd have some. You'd often have a few um, few accidents where the, you know to go through like an Indian curry and you'd be uh, <laughs> you'd be you'd be wrapped around the porcelain. So you know, and then it kind of evolved to it became a little more scientific. Um, I guess in the late 90s, early 2000s with the tablets, with the Sodibic and um, mm. the AIS did some studies and that was a bit more a bit more hit than miss. Um, and then I met a guy in LA back in 2016, Jeff Byers, the CEO, and told me about this thing. And honestly, I thought, I said, mate, you know, get your hand off it. We've been trying this stuff for years. You know, there's no way you're telling me you can just rub some stuff on your legs and you're going to feel it. Anyway, I, I left it in my cupboard for about a year and then one day I thought, you know what, I'll give it a try and I was like, well, I definitely noticed a significant difference, you know, mm. um, straight away and so I tried it a few more times and then I noticed, the, you know, the ability that you just, you know, didn't it didn't beat you up as bad, um, you know, day to day. So I think the biggest thing was when I gave it to a friend of mine who drives NASCAR, he's seven-time NASCAR champion there over there, Jimmy Johnson. Mm. And um, he actually rubbed it on his inside butt butt cheek from because oh, the, wow. they do the ovals and they're on an angle. And yeah. uh, he said for the first time in 20 years of racing, he would wake up the next day and he could just go for a run or go for a ride. Normally, he can barely walk for two days uh, with all the wow. G-forces and everything. Yeah. So at that point when he told me that, in Ironmans, the biggest thing that – I mean, this might sound stupid, but one of the things that really annoys me is how sore my neck is after an Ironman and how sunburned I get. And so from from in the TT position, so I actually rubbed it into my neck and I was finding the next day it wasn't sore. So okay. it was a, there's a high-performance element to it that obviously – it helps buffer lactate, which is exactly what, you know, we've always taken the tablets for. It has the same effect. Um, but then also there's just that um, monotonous, dull, you know, ache you get in your, in your muscle from just sitting on something or being in a set position for a certain mm. number of time that keeps the pH level in your muscle. So, you know, it lowers the level of fatigue. 
Um, and then, the, but the best part of all, of course, is when you take the powder or you take the tablets, it sits in your stomach, it draws a lot of water, you tend to get quite bloated, you hold water and you feel terrible the next day. With mm. this, your body just excretes what it doesn't use and you don't, there's no water retention or anything like that at all. You just wake up the next day ready to go. So I um, heard about then, you know, the benefits of it with recovery yeah. And I was kind of, you know, it's sort of I couldn't really come to ter- come to terms with the fact that after training I'd put this stuff on to help me with recovery. But then I have massage a few times a week the last couple of years, and so I started asking my masseur to, to use it, and yeah. and I just noticed that doing it that way, I'd just wake up the next morning with fresh legs, and and I work with Nike for my running, and it's the same group that works with Kipchoge. And they asked me about, you know, what I, or anything I've been doing with it specifically to help with training. And I told them about the massage thing. Mm. And they said that Elliot does that every single massage now, particularly leading up to last year's, you know, breaking two attempt, the Ineos uh, two hour thing. And um, he swears by it. I mean, he, mm. <laughs> he lathers himself in it every day. So, wow. um, so, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the better kept secrets in sport at the moment. I think, I think you'll find most top athletes do use it, but not a lot of people like talking about it. Yeah. I remember giving some to Simon Clark and him asking for some more. And I said, mate, you should just get your team to get it. He said, oh, no, I don't want them to know I'm using it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was like, gosh, you're a, you're a good teammate then. Far <laughs> out. I've told on my teammates. So, um yeah, but anyway, I think that's one of the big things about it. People find it and they don't want anyone to know. But, um, you know, it's certainly widely used. You know, in the English Premier League, it's all through all the clubs. The NFL, of course, um, massive in there. Uh, the US government, the military. Um, mm. Geelong, Geelong are big users of it. I know that, the football club, the Mighty Cats. That was my call with Jeff. I think <laughs> he, asked me about some, he asked me about some football teams and I said, well, go to Geelong first because I go for them. And, yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing stuff. I I call it the poor form prevention cream. You know, <laughs> it just means that you can you you can operate at your best more consistently. So yeah, nice. Uh, that's, that, so that's my that's my selling point for it. Yeah. So okay, Cam, it's nine thirty uh, p.m. Um, in Spain time. We don't want to hold yeah. you too long. Just now, yeah, right. sort of. Uh, I guess. Do you go to bed pretty early over there and prepare for the next no. day? What's the, what's the agenda for the next um, eight hours? Or so? <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean we don't race until one o'clock, so really oh, wow. we don't want to wake up till nine. So mm. I try not to go to bed much before mid midnight because otherwise I'm not going to sleep ten hours. I mean eight to nine is is about my maximum and what I feel best with. So yeah, I just. You know, at the moment, I just probably watch a bit of news and, and see what's going on out in the real world, you know, because we're literally in a bubble here. Um, yeah. You know, we we go, we get up, we go to a hotel, we get up in the morning, we go to our food truck, we have breakfast, we go to the race, you know, we have a shower on the bus, we come back, we have a massage in the hotel, go back to the food truck, have dinner, go to bed, you know, and, and that's it. You know, you certainly don't go down the road to the local pub and have a catch up with the locals and tell, talk about today's stage or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's good for me personally. I, yeah, I love watching the news and just seeing what's going on in the finance world. Got yeah, CNBC on at the moment, the, you know, the, the Dow's crashing a bit because of all the, all the outbreak over in, uh, over in the U S and obviously all around the world, but uh, well, apart from Australia, of course, but, um, yeah, so I just really try and do what I do at home. You know, I just yeah. keep the keep the routine as much as similar as possible because, uh, um, you know, you get up every day and train, and and really you got to sort of treat this. It's it's no different. You just got to get up and do your job. 
Yeah. Well, look, Pat Yonker, so yep. I'm honoured to have you here as well. You started the podcast. Love to give it over to you to, to finish up for your final yeah. um, question with Cam. Well, just, just one quick question. I think the listeners uh, maybe a minute talk about the food truck um, because um, <laughs> we never had a food truck in our day. Um, yeah, we had the, uh, the chip chip van in, in front of the hotel in Belgium. But, uh, yeah, what's, what, what's the food truck? Because um, a lot of listeners probably wouldn't know much about that. Yeah, so it's basically a, a mobile kitchen slash dining room, you know, and you've got a full commercial kitchen. I mean, it's a big truck. I mean, it's like a, a semi-trailer, you know, like a big giant motorhome, I guess, and, you know, it pops out the size. They press a the button and it expands and um, all of that. And, yeah, they've got the yeah, full kitchen, enough, you know, big enough for two chefs to work full gas all day um, wow. to feed the, all the staff and all the riders. And then there's a there's a dining room in there that the table would seat uh, well, for eight riders, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's really predominantly used for the Grand Tours. It doesn't go to all the races. Uh, we've got okay. two of them, though. So there was one at the Giro and one here. And, wow. um, you know, an area for a buffet, a uh, big fancy coffee machine on there that the, the chefs obviously know how to use really well. And, yeah, I mean, it's like a mobile restaurant. It's huh. pretty amazing. And the food is incredible. I mean, our chefs are, yeah, they're, they're, they're top notch and they, they know how to um, they know how to fuel a they knew how to fuel a, a winning world tour team. So, um, wow. you know, tonight we had risotto and lamb chops. So that <laughs> was uh, that was pretty good, and some carrot cake for dessert. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I love going to meals in the food truck. <laughs> I love being in there in general. It's like a kid in a candy store. It's um, it's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah we've we've got no excuses. We've certainly no. got everything laid on for us. Well, it's going to be a super tough last week of the World to España, and uh, wish you all the two best. Two weeks. With the, last two uh, weeks. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, true. But I mean, mm-hmm. there's about six stages that are really very difficult stages. Wish you all the best. Yeah. Thank and you. Ho- hopefully, you can do another Rowan Dennis uh, on one of those mountain <laughs> stages. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that I think it will be. I mean, obviously, it's a bit different to to there where they came from behind, whereas in our case, we're certainly going to need to be really strong to hold off some of these guys you know queued up behind Richard I mean it's still pretty tight and you know some guys that have come off the Tour de France so they've got as you know Pat you know mm. when you've got the touring tour in your legs you've got a couple of extra gears in the back sprocket so you know we uh we definitely need to be prepared for that and um it's going to be a fight all the way to Madrid that's for sure guys oh, so 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 good talking to you um today it's just fascinating insight Pat over to you yeah look um Go Carapaz, um, watch out for Rogelik, and um, hopefully the weather stays good. Like you mentioned before, uh, in the Basque country, it rains almost every day of the year, and that's what the Basque <laughs> country is famous for. And looking at the world to profile, you're staying up north all the way to Madrid, so until Madrid. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, the rains will stay away and uh, you guys can pull off the double, the Giro of Vuelta. That's really going to make up for uh, what happened at the tour. So, um, yeah. Good luck, Cam, and uh, we're waiting for your autobiography. And <laughs> there's definitely a movie, absolutely. There's a movie in there. What what you've done is ex- extraordinary, and like I said at the beginning of the podcast, is um, you're uh, definitely one of the greatest endurance athletes on the planet. I really appreciate that. That's uh, yeah, quite humbling. So um, as I said, though, there's there's still a few chapters, uh, or should I say, scenes to <laughs> be uh, to be scripted yet. So. Um, yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just focus on them for now. But uh, no, I love it. I love what I do, and yeah, I'm still still motivated, and yeah, still still improving. And and while that's happening, I'll um I'll keep on going. But um, I appreciate all the support, you know, from back home. Obviously, 
you know, Richie and I are proud Tasmanians, obviously proud Australians <laughs> as well. But uh, yeah, we, um, yeah, it's great. We're just so lucky and uh, great that we can even be racing during this time. And not yeah. only that, I think, you know, it's, it's great for people that we're racing because people seem to really enjoy following it. So, um, you know, we're, we're out there to entertain. So we'll do our best to keep putting on a show. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.